Welcome to Saints and Sinners Unplugged. I am Ken Jones, and I am joined by our regular hosts, Jose Prado, Aldo Leon, and David Menendez. We are four pastors here in the Miami area who happen to love the doctrines of grace in general, but Reformed theology in particular. Uh, and so we get together every week at this time to discuss a great passion of ours, which is Reformed theology. Over the past few weeks, well, actually, we got interrupted when we had our great conversation with uh, Dr. Kim Riddlebarger on eschatology, something that we can revisit in the future and kind of look at, look at that future eschatology. That's great. But we can revisit that in the future and just kind of uh, unpack uh, the various aspects of uh, eschatology. So that is something that we would love to uh, address. But prior to our discussions with Kim Riddlebarger, we had begun a series of, of conversations on the doctrine of sanctification. Now, where we left it last week is we began to talk about um, progressive sanctification, how it's used, what is meant by it. What, if anything, is wrong with the idea of, of uh, progressive sanctification? And um, what is a better way of looking at that aspect of our sanctification? Which is basically this. We all, and, and I think most Protestants would be in agreement that sanctification consists of first a it's, it's positional. Some would call it positional. Uh, Jose, you use the term definitive, mm -hmm. which speaks of righteousness that covers us, that is imputed to us as embraced in the doctrine of, uh, of justification. And that in, in that sense, as Paul uses it in 1 Corinthians one thirty, that Christ is our sanctification. But we also know that when there's another side of it, and this is where we kind of part ways, and it's not so much in the category itself, but what's meant by the, that category. Oh, how and it's used. How it's how used, it's yeah, the terminology and implications. Mm -hmm. and, and that is the practical aspect of our sanctification. Now, let's be absolutely clear on this. None of us would say that a person who claims faith in Christ will be barren of good works. No. Our good works do not save us, but the very fact that we lay hold by faith to the person and work of Christ, what that means is that God is at work in us through his Holy Spirit, causing us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the idea of justification void of sanctification is just as empty as sanctification without a clear understanding of justification. We're all in agreement on that. Amen. And not just here, but I think throughout um, Christians, any, any Christian circle. So now the issue is dealing with that, that pragmatic, that practical, that personal, that subjective aspect of sanctification. Some, and, and David, you pointed out that some ha view it as progression, that you reach this level, this level, so that if you've been on the journey, if you've been a Christian, say, for 30 years, there are certain things that just simply shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue. Right. And, and so that's what they mean by, some, some mean by progressive sanctification. Right. You've grown, grown beyond that. Yeah. yeah. 
But what's the problem of that that kind of thinking? That there are some sins that you've grown beyond. Um, I think I think uh, they view sanctification, progressive, practical sanctification, in terms of that spiritual competence mm. that the Christian acquires along the way, mm-hmm. where it seems like he just grows more sufficient. And I'm sure they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't necessarily separate it from Christ and the sufficiency of Christ, but somehow. There's this new ability by way of your um, living the Christian life and getting filled with the Word of God mm-hmm. that causes you to advance in such a way that you're in this solid ground within yourself, having been mm. built up in this new ability okay. of being able to obey God. What was, what, what was the question again? Of, of how he's <laughs> describing that, that progression. What is it? And when I hear, for example, going yeah. back to our Confession of Faith, the mm-hmm. Westminster Baptist Confession of Faith, there's a section there that talks about how God sometimes removes yeah. his countenance from us mm. you know, and, uh, and uh, leaves us to ourselves. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess uh, to, to be more accurate, uh, Aldo, in answer to your question, the question is, is not just what is meant by pra- progressive sanctification, but what's wrong with that model yeah. of well, thinking that you've reached a certain point in your growth that you are beyond certain sins. I think uh, one one of the ways that it becomes problematic is uh, that we have an over-realized eschatology or view of the end as it pertains to our new life. Mm-hmm. So I, we kind of pick on like the you know the Pentecostal movement for thinking that we should not be sick now, we should not be poor now. We should be prosperous physically and financially because look at all these, you know, promises of the new life and the new creation, but they don't, there's this already and not yet that will not be fully realized until they're not yet. Mm-hmm. And so sanctification oftentimes becomes a legitimate place to want to bring somewhat of the completeness of the not yet into the now. So, but... And that's you know, good. That, that, that's good. I think that's an overlooked one, that it is cut from the same cloth. As, as you mentioned with word faith, people who say that by his stripes we are healed, and they take that to mean if you have genuine faith in Christ, yeah. then you either won't get sick or you can heal yourself or get healed. Yeah. You're genu- you are genuinely, realistically, actually new, yeah. but you're still genuinely, actually, realistically broken because you exist— in these parallel overlaps of the already and not yet. Yeah. I so you're new, but in a sense, you're the old guy. Yeah. You're not who you used to be, but in a sense, in many ways, you still are because you are in this phase of redemption where the fullness of it is not going to be experienced until you die. And so you, you don't embrace that and you want to hijack the end fullness into the now. You're, you're going to always find yourself in a really hard there's, place. There's a, there's a foundational issue problem that I have with this, um, you know, practical sanctification. And to me, it's, it, it takes away the, uh, the dependence and the, and, and, and the, you know, the look to Christ and mm-hmm. it places the look on me, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and when we do that, cause uh, think about this, uh, for me to grow in my moral behavior, I don't, I, I could, I could do that without Christ. Like if mm. if the emphasis sure. is going to be on yeah. me, yeah. Yeah. if it's going to be on my behaviors and it's going to be on me, 
being more faithful to my wife, on me being more, uh, you know, uh, in more, you yeah. know making yeah. sure that all, that I keep certain laws and whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't need Christ for that. Right. You know? Yeah. And so that, I think right. that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Is yeah. that they don't, I think our brothers and sisters that are so promoting this this kind of sanctification view and, and upholding it, uh, I, I think they don't realize how much they actually undermine mm. uh, the very means yeah. by which we are sanctified yeah. and the very method yeah. uh, that, that God uses, yeah. you know, to yeah. uh, uh, grow us yeah. in Christ. Because the saint that is growing is not, it's not just growing, say, oh, my goodness, here I go now more competent. You know, here I am more strong, stronger. Mm. Here I am holier now. Wow, yeah. You know, the saint, I think, grows um, with a sense of uh, ever-increasing humility by being more broken, being each day more empty in the sense of realizing, my goodness, I see the death of the sinfulness that resides in me and what I am capable of feeling, desiring, thinking, and doing contrary to God's law. Mm. I need you, Lord. Yeah. And then that throws us each day back on our union with Christ. So what, part of our growth then, as, as you define it as, as a biblical growth, is to grow to understand what is the will of God yeah. and to actually grow in our desire and, and our seeing it as being desirable. Right. And but, yeah. But the way that the progressive sanctification police, for lack of a better term, <laughs> would go about it is that now you just you're just looking at how much you desire to do the will of God. That seems to be the main tack, the main approach, mm. the main focus. Mm-hmm. But there's this other route that that is actually supporting the uh, this one. So what I'm saying then is to it's growing and to see as as the. Old Testament scripture writers talk about the beauty of holiness, the, right. the beauty of your law, and to pursue it for its own sake, not for reward. See it, seek it, pursue it. Yeah, I, I, I pursue it because I, I come to see it in the face of Christ. Absolutely. As I yeah. realize more and more that I don't have it in me. Yeah, because you can't see the beauty in of you. the law. You can't see the beauty of what God requires simply through the law. Correct. If you see the law without Christ. So that process is yes, there. You're yeah, constantly exactly. being put to death. Yeah. Yes. In Christ. Yeah. Because you look at the law and what God demands and you realize this is not me except in Christ. Yeah. Well, well real quick, though, um, because... The progressive aspect of it, I think there's a, a healthy sense in a, in, a, in a proper understanding of the means of grace, uh, the Sabbath, the Lord's Day, the time of worship. Isn't that the, the, that's, isn't that the reason for a continual need of law and gospel? That is feeding into, I think, a healthy understanding of progressive sanctification that we are, as the hymnist uh, says, prone to wander. Yeah. We are prone yeah. to leave the God we love. So therefore, we have a constant need to be reunited, or not reunited, but reminded 
of who we are in Christ and what we have in him. But the problem with progressive sanctification, not the term, but the way that it is misapplied, is that it becomes a theology of glory. Yes. Exactly. Becomes yeah. a th- rather than the route of suffering and the route of the sincerity of heart that now realizes, woe is me. That woe is me yeah. daily, it's, it has to be yes. the undergirding part. And it's not it's not weakness in the sense of spiritual weakness. Oh, it's actually that growth. Co- that continual yeah. woe is me yeah. is actually itself a sign of growth. And right. and and the very I think the sign of growth that we see in the New Testament is not so much uh, a person saying, "Man, man, look how much I've changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look how great I am now." Right, right. You yeah. know, I mean, you actually see Paul. Uh, and constantly you see him throughout his his life and even towards the end of his of his ministry you see him saying i am the worst of sinners yeah you know i i i you know uh i do what i don't want to do and what i do want to do i don't do i mean he he who can deliver me from this body of death you know mm-hmm. i mean so that's that's paul's growth yeah in sanctification is his growth in sanctification is be, being able to view more and more richly the, the the holiness of God and to view his 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 sinfulness hmm. uh, and so I think uh, it, it, the way people view practical sanctification nowadays is more like you know when you look at yourself in the mirror and you and you study yourself you you test yourself uh, if you are not you know viewing less sin in your life and less of this and less of that then you're not growing in sanctification. But Paul views more of his sin. Mm. Right. Instead of mm. viewing less of his sin, he actually yeah. views more of it. And it's not necessarily it, because he's sinning more. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's how he sees. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, Let me ask this question. How does our understanding of sanctification play into our understanding of assurance? I think one, one thing that we don't talk about enough, I think, uh, is the covenant nest or framework mm-hmm. that law keeping exists in. Yeah. What do you and, mean by that? Well, so in, in, in God's, God has two ways of relating to man, essentially. It's either conditionally through merit or unconditionally through merits acquired and given, not because of us meeting conditions. That's the whole point of how Paul breaks down the whole Bible in Galatians four twenty one to 31. Um, so in the, in the, in the conditional framework, my progress in law keeping defines me or, uh, or, or, or exiles me. If you want to say a letter, it, it, it proves me or it disproves me. It mm-hmm. justifies me or condemns me. It is definitely very much like it is when you're, when you're in a law courtroom or when you're in a, a job, like your performance will merit you uh the results um in the in the defines you yeah in in the unconditional framework covenantal framework um our sanctification is not the definitive ultimate causal basis for who we are and where we're at so we're progressing but our progress is not it's not the essence of what defines our relationship. It's not the cause. So we talk about everyone. It, it's not enough to just say, we do we obey God's law? Do we seek to obey God's law? Do we seek to progress in, in, 
and it's what framework does it exist in right. now and going to the, the the question of assurance mm -hmm. if in the unconditional framework our assurance is not based on some sort of conditionality that we meet but the conditions being met perfectly by Christ then our sanctification is not the essence or of our assurance in that framework it is if we're in the other framework if i'm right. in, if, if i'm in the if i'm in the job yeah. framework you need to feel good about where you're at based upon where you're going but if i'm in this other framework um then my sanctification is not the essence of what it means for me to feel like i should be in that relationship with god it is it is the 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 consequence you know, my kids' progress as kids is does not define, prove, establish a relationship. It is it is the byproduct of the relationship. Yeah. Because it's in that framework. We don't talk about sanctification law in, in light of being in one framework or the other. We just talk about it in kind of like these just generalities, right? Well, I, I think in, in covenantal circles or um, creedal circles, it'll it, it's going to usually be nuanced by uh, within those frameworks. I, I think it's, it's going to be a part— it's it's a part of a greater whole, and in that whole, you do have those those clear categories and and the framework. So if it's a a framework of works, if it's a framework, if salvation is presented from the framework of of earning, as opposed to grace and giving, then it's your understanding is going to flow. I think pro part of the big problem is that there's been a sort of a, a merging of of categories. So you know, one who's in this one framework starts talking like he's out of the other one. Yeah, everything is law and everything is gospel. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm thinking everything right now, is one covenant and everything is the other covenant. I mean, it's, it's just one. It's flatting out of categories. Yeah. Part of our historical forebears in um, in our reformers, I'm thinking particularly of the Marrow Brethren. When you read Edward Fisher and some of the dialogue that he engages in as it pertains to sanctification, he addresses that sanctification in the life of the Christian is like a reflex. It's a reflex. It's a mm. reflex. Mm -hmm. It's never a direct uh, thing that we do. It's never initiated it's, by never, yeah. It's never initiated, by us, and, yeah. and it's a reflex yeah. of our union with Christ. So you cannot just go to assurance first to what you're doing. Mm. You have to go to the source that causes yes. that reflex of practical sanctification, mm -hmm. sort of like the moon and the sun. You know, if the moon starts looking at herself mm -hmm. and looking at how much light is projecting yeah. upon the earth, she's going to, you know, yeah. deviate from her uh, yeah. trajectory. If, if the efficient cause, if the efficient and direct cause of our works is faith in Christ's works, then I can't look to the consequence of the efficient cause as being the essence of what makes me feel good. So if my works are the efficient and direct cause of Christ's works so being I would, trusted, yeah. I have to look at the efficient and direct cause, not the outcomes and, and results, because, I mean, it's, it's almost like if my car is going because I have gas in it, I, I, I can't look at the goings of the car as the essence of what drives the car. I have to look at what, you know, it always leads me back to, the, to the, where, 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 where is this coming from? Well, isn't that one of the reasons we are charged with continu continuously, consistently placarding Christ right. before the people, yeah. bef before, uh, you know, before those uh, the people of faith within the covenant community? It is 
continuously pointing back to Christ because that is what drives us. That is what's that is the source, uh, the the finish the person and finished work of Christ. And what we mean by person of Christ is who He is, yeah, and where and where He is and what He has accomplished. Yeah. It is Christ who is, he is the source. Yeah. And as the writer of Hebrews says, look unto Jesus, you know, who is yeah. the captain and who is uh, the source of our faith. Would you guys say it's fair to say that the essence of assurance is not progress but perfection? Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah. The and essence of assurance is not progress but perfection. And together yes. with that, fulfillment. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. perfection, it's fulfillment, yes. it's completion. Yeah. So, so I can only feel assured. Right. Christ says, I sanctify myself, mm. right, that they may be sanctified. Yeah. So I need a perfect sanctification, a perfect righteousness, yep. a perfect setting apartness in order for me to be assured because that's right. the essence of assurance yeah. is perfection, not progress. Yeah. But we think that the essence of assurance is imperfect yet consistent progress. One of, yep. one of my favorite texts um, that is, I wouldn't say is necessarily the main point is assurance, but I do believe that Paul is is somewhat driving at assuring his hearers uh, of the things that are, are happening uh, among them. And it's in Romans eight, right? In Romans mm-hmm. eight, verse twenty-eight, you know, here's Paul kind of assurance, yeah. assuring his listeners who he knows. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And look at look at this last verse, verse 30. He says, And those he predestined, he also called. Mm-hmm. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Yeah. You see something missing there? Hmm. You see something missing there in the in a, progressive, progressive yeah. sanctification is yeah. missing. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's no progressive sanctification there. Yeah, you know, because the reality is that you know our assurance doesn't come from you know how progressively we are no. you know somehow transforming in our behaviors. You know, uh, and but, that's that's the difference. See, and yeah. that's 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 the difference in looking to self and looking to Christ. Progressive sanctification is continuously as much as possible keep our gaze focused on Christ because that is our incentive and our assurance is that by his wounds because here's the beauty of it we have a wounded savior we talk about he's seated at the right hand of the father he's a wounded savior at the right hand of the father and sometimes we look at ourselves we look at our failures or we look at our 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 success and we think that Either our our failures therefore disqualify us or our success somehow merits something. But we are told to look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, because it is in his wounds that our failures are covered. Yes. And it is his position before the father that guarantees that as he is, so we shall be also. And every biblical writer understands that reality. You know, and yeah. in the New Testament, Paul constantly, you know, wants to assure his listeners. Every, and every time he does, he always brings it back to the perfect work of Jesus Christ on our behalf and not ever to mm. our behaviors. Yeah. In fact, in Corinth, uh, these people are doing all kinds of crazy things. And yeah. he points them back to who they are in Christ, yeah. not to what they're doing. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, that's good. And that brings about new obedience. Yes. <laughs> that brings yeah. about some sort of practical fruits of the Spirit in our lives, mm-hmm. which we affirm. Those, those, those are works that are there, yep. that are the result of our union with Christ. Mm-hmm. And it is, that's why it's so important for us to always look unto Jesus, because that's where it is. And that's what drives us, knowing who we are mm-hmm. and, and knowing what God has given us in the person and work of Christ. Next week, I want to continue this discussion in light of some um, catechism questions uh, or confessional statements that we want to look at and continue to to explore in, in a little more detail this wonderful doctrine of sanctification by grace. Uh, thank you again for joining us here on Saints and Sinners Unplugged. Don't forget to look us up on iTunes, and you can download it as a podcast. We look forward to being with you again next week.